0: The Big Picture is brought to you by Dolby Voice. Today's offices need workspaces that allow small teams to collaborate effectively. Enter the huddle room, small conference areas designed for meeting. For effective collaboration, huddle rooms need capabilities like video conferencing. Even with great video capabilities in place, though, a lousy audio experience can derail otherwise productive huddle meetings. I know this from working at The Ringer. Dolby Voice and Dolby Conference phones solve that problem. Dolby Voice and Dolby Conference phone deliver stunning audio clarity and 360-degree audio capture that allows everyone to be heard and makes meetings easy to follow and participate in. The result is conversations that flow naturally. When conversations flow, decisions get made, innovation increases, and even widely dispersed teams become more effective. Additionally, Dolby Voice and Dolby Conference Phone are now integrated with leading video conferencing solutions, like Blue Huddle. Visit dolby.com/backslash the ringer to try a Dolby Voice demo today. Hello, and welcome to the big picture. Hey, Channel 33 Movies podcast. My name is Sean Fennessy. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Ringer. I'm very excited today for a couple of reasons. One, we've got a great conversation coming with Lucia On Yellow and Paul W. Downs, the writer and director and partners behind Rough Night, a new comedy. Two, uh, I've got Ringer staff writer Lindsay Zolads, who profiled Lucia, uh, coming on to talk to me. And three, as you may have heard, we have a new theme song on this podcast. That song is Orange Shirt by a band called Discovery led by uh, Rostam, who you may know from Vampire Weekend, who's a solo artist now. So just want to say thanks to Rostam, thanks to Beggars Group for making that happen for us, and uh, hope you enjoyed it. And now uh, we're going to chat with Lindsay Zolads. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. So,
0: Lindsay, you spent some time with Lucia on Yellow, and she has a pretty interesting backstory. Before she was a film director... Uh, she got her start as a, as a comedy person. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of where she came from?
1: Yeah, so um, along with the other co-creators of Broad City, Ilana Glazer, Abby Jacobson, and Paul Downs, who's a writer and who is her partner, um, he also plays Trey on Broad City, uh, slash Kirk Steele, the, <laughs> the infamous um, porn alter ego of, of Trey. Anyway, so they all... Um, met at UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater um, in New York City, which, you know, a lot of other comics, um, maybe like a generation before them, kind of came through there. Amy Poehler is one of the founders. Um, So there is a real tradition and a community of that. They took improv classes there and sketch classes about a decade ago now, and they all met um, in various ways. And Lucia was a performer before she was ever really thinking of directing, or um, and was was like writing and performing sketch um, in a duo with Paul. So when I talked to several people for the piece, they kind of pointed out that that's part of what makes her so good at directing comedy is she's coming at it from a performer standpoint um, rather than just purely thinking on on cinematic terms. Um, which I do think you kind of, you know, I, I think that's a strength when doing a movie like this or doing a show like Broad City that kind of, you know, the, she's asking her actresses in particular to kind of go to some extremes that I think if she can kind of ground it in um, showing them how it's done or, or kind of like riffing on an idea herself, which just seems like she did a lot, um, on the set of this film, I think that just creates a level of comfort on set that seemed like um, she really pulled off for this.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Because in a lot of times, you hear actors say, mostly off the record, that they don't like it when filmmakers do line readings for them or that they like mm-hmm. tell them how to give the line. But you know, in talking to Alana for your story, Alana told you that. She liked when Lucia essentially performed the moment to kind of show her to put herself in it and to show her like what she saw in the joke, in the line, in the reading. And I feel like there's a fine line between comedy and drama there where there's a collaborative quality that Lucia comes back to over and over again.
1: Yeah. And I think the fact that she's still working with, you know, her friends, Paul Downs is also in the movie and he's hilarious in it. Um plays a very long scene in an adult diaper and no pants, <laughs> which is really—it's very good. The breakout moment, um, yeah. So I think that the fact that she's, at least in the past, has been working mostly with friends and people she knows outside of a professional sphere. Like I don't think they see that kind of relationship as overstepping at all. But you know, a lot of what um, what the piece is about, but also what she's going through right now is this transition from the more indie, um, kind of like DIY comedy scene. And, you know, even Broad City being on Comedy Central had kind of a, a scrappy energy to it. Um, translating that voice to a giant studio comedy, um, is no easy feat. And I think just working with the star power that she is on this film, Scarlett Johansson, Demi Moore is in it. um, you know, I, that's a whole different ballgame. So I think it was interesting to talk to her in that moment of transition and her career and see how she's navigating it.
0: Yeah, she talked to you a little bit about some of her forebears, and it's notable that this is her first. This is the first female directed studio comedy since nineteen ninety eight, which sounds insane the to first say out loud. R rated, actually. R rated. There you yes. go. Yes, that's, which that's is notable.
1: interesting in and of itself too. Like, um, yeah, the the Pitch Perfect franchise, um, which Elizabeth Banks, I think she directed both of those, right? Yes. Um, those have been very lucrative and, but it's all sort of been towards this PG 13 audience where there's certain lines you don't cross. And I think, um, the reason it's been so long since a woman has directed an art, our rated film, um, feels really ground to these old stereotypes about like that women can't handle certain kinds of hu- gross-out humor or something like that, um, or that there's, like, a more delicate sensibility. And I do think shows like Broad City um, and what Amy Schumer is doing, too, have kind of dispelled that myth um, for this generation. So it really feels like time for um, not just one, but many more R-rated comedies uh, directed by women. Um, but, yeah, Lucia uh, was... So the last, actually, the last um, R-rated studio comedy directed by a woman was Half-Baked, uh, which is not about women at all, but Tamara Davis, um, who also did CB4 and a bunch of other like music videos and stuff like that in the 90s. Um, she directed Half-Baked in 1998, and then there has been a total dry spell uh, since then, but Lucia pointed her out as a really big influence on her and noted how um, those movies have a real edge to them and they're really funny and goofy and about stoners and stuff, but there is kind of a, an inherent like social commentary running through, you know, they're not dumb movies. um, And I think that's, she aspires to make comedy um, just like on a similar tone of, of that where it's a little bit smarter maybe than the people in the film.
0: Yeah. And you guys talked a little bit about that, right? Obviously the movie is very silly. You noted the adult diaper thing. There is a lot of gross out humor, I guess you could say, but there is this subtextual, sometimes purely textual discussion of, police brutality and uh drug use and the police state and especially alana glazer's character is like very woke for lack of a better word and uh-huh. um they're she kind of like subverts some of the notions of what it means to be an activist and a feminist you know you, you, you and lucia talked about that too right
1: yeah we i was impressed that she was very open to talking about sort of the the quote unquote internet controversies that that may or may not have like translated into the outside world um in thinking about this film, but there was a little bit of a backlash. I know when the trailer first came out that, so the the premise of the movie is is basically a bachelorette party gone awry and a male stripper accidentally ends up dead. And there were some blog posts of people saying, you know, I, I'm going to boycott this film because it's not presenting sex work in a responsible way and all this other stuff, which um, I see those concerns, but I also think you know, if you're gonna pick apart like every single comedy uh, that comes down the line, it's gonna be hard to find one that that does check all those boxes. And I do think, personally, there's um, a lot worse things to boycott in the world than the first R-rated uh, comedy directed by a woman in 20 years. So that's just my two cents. Um, but she, I was impressed that you know I, I was very curious to talk to a filmmaker like her in this age of of kind of internet outrage and where there's kind of a reaction culture just from seeing the trailer, which tells you, you know, not that much about the movie as I think, I know you've seen it, so you would agree. There's like a lot, there's a lot that I didn't get from the kind of traditional beats of the trailer. Um
0: yeah, I don't I don't want to necessarily like overcomplicate what the movie's about, but it is no. not strictly about the outrage blog posts that were written yeah, after some after people saw two and a half minutes.
1: Exactly. And I, I would be curious to read criticism um if people have it of like after they've seen the whole film. But she was really open to talking about, you know, what it's like to make a a studio movie in this time when there's just so much judgment and tweets and so many voices out there um, being critical of something before you even put it out. And I did think she was, she seemed really like not, she was really like unflappable about it. and And I was impressed at how directly she kind of wanted to engage in those conversations. And she was really curious about what I thought of the movie and if it was like over the line in certain ways. But I do think just coming back to like, the the director she was citing from the 90s who inspired her she also mentioned Amy Heckerling um who I've interviewed and profiled as well she wanted I when I told her that she wanted me to tell her like every detail <laughs> about <laughs> you had a lot amy of details like.
0: about Amy in your piece so. yeah i
1: told her um that when i met amy heckerling she was wearing a bucket hat that she cut the top out of so that her crazy hair could like spill out the top and lucia was was very pleased by that detail. Um, And she also really admires Penelope Spheres, who um, kind of came out of the punk underground doing like Decline of Western Civilization, those two documentaries, and then uh, got to do Wayne's World in 1992. And, you know, that is not, like, I, that feels like a very 90s trajectory to me now. Like, I, I think the fact that she has to look that far back for these role models, like working within the um, the studio comedy system of just like women that were making big movies, but did have an edge to them um, and weren't just weren't afraid to cross certain lines Um You know, I think she's she's a throwback to that time in a way for the purely practical reason of there just weren't other women um, making these films in the past 20 years.
0: Yeah, there's also something that she notes in your piece about being obsessed with MTV (laughs) <laughs> Noting who the filmmakers were behind certain music videos. One thing that's kind of lost as MTV has transitioned in the last 10 years or so into a different kind of network, maybe the last 20 years or so, is you also lose this kind of on ramp to uh, directing careers for a lot of people. And a lot mm. of women came out of that experience, obviously. Um, and I-, I wonder if that's also a factor in-, in some women not quite getting the chance to do hard art comedy like this, or even just have uh, you-, you and I have talked many times and you've written a lot about. The lack of opportunity um, for female filmmakers. And I wonder if the the erosion of some of that stuff has, has made it an issue, too.
1: Yeah, well, I wonder um, if it's more... I think this was a larger conversation that I had talking to Lucia, too. If it's... I think those things that we once considered on-ramps are now kind of like ends in and of themselves. Because mm-hmm. I think you could say that... Uh, you could have said the same thing about TV, um, that you could have about music videos. And now... You know, I was I was very curious to know why in 2017, did she still want to make the big studio comedy when it doesn't necessarily feel like that's the be all and end all and that that's like the end goal anymore? Um, And I think especially for female comedians, like if you think of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and how they're, you know, they had sisters come out last year, which was like fine and funny, but it felt like a a small part of their stardom. It didn't feel like the sort of like Will Ferrell vehicle that it's all kind of leading up to that. It was it almost felt weird that they were doing that movie for some... Like it felt um, like kind of a throwback to want to do that kind of a a film. So I think the cool thing about someone like Lucia um, and the moment that she is coming into her talent is that there are so many ways to get your story out there and you don't. I think it's amazing that she will have this movie under her belt and it's proving to studios that she can handle a big budget film like this. But, you know, she's when I was talking to her, she said I she would go back to TV and do something. She would do a web series again. Like I think um, filmmakers now are having this freedom to determine like what is the best format um, for telling a story. And it's not always the big movie anymore.
0: It will be very interesting to see what she does next. Uh, Lindsay, will. thank you for chatting with me about this today. And please go read uh, Lindsay's story on the ringer.com. Okay. Thanks to Lindsay. Before my conversation with Lucia on and Paul W. Downs. First, a word from our sponsor. The big picture is brought to you by Dolby voice. Let me tell you a little bit about Dolby Voice. I have used it. And in today's workplace, huddle rooms are where small teams and remote colleagues come together to brainstorm and think up the next big product. To deliver an optimal environment for effective collaboration, huddle rooms need capabilities, though, like presentation sharing and in both in-room and room to room video connection. They also need great audio so you can hear each other talk. That's where Dolby Voice and the Dolby Conference phone come in. Dolby Voice is a breakthrough audio technology. It sets a new standard for how you can expect conferencing to sound. The Dolby Conference phone brings full-room, 360-degree audio capture. Dolby Voice Voice and the Dolby Conference Phone deliver stunning audio quality that allows everyone to be heard and makes meetings easy to follow and participate in. The result is conversations that flow naturally. And when conversations flow, decisions get made and innovation increases. Additionally, Dolby Voice and Dolby Conference Phone are now integrated with leading video conferencing solutions like BlueJeans Huddle. You have to hear it to believe it. Check out Dolby Voice today. Visit dolby.com backslash the ringer for a free demo. That's dolby.com backslash the ringer. Lucia, Paul, thank you so much for being here. Thanks thank for having us. for having us. So, guys, you made a film together, but you've done a lot of other things before that. And I want people mm. to kind of understand the origin, you know, where you came from, how you met, how you became partners, creatively, spiritually, maybe, <laughs> other ways? A hundred percent spiritually, yeah.
2: Yeah. First and foremost, spiritually. I'd say so. Oh. So you met at um, UCB? <laughs> yes, in the In New York. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, church <laughs> <of UCB. laughs> the church of UCB. <laughs> the church. of comedy, UCB. <laughs> Level um, one, yeah. When was that? I don't remember the year. I it was...
3: think I want to say 2005. Okay, I think or I six. want to say four
2: yeah. six. And were you guys um, students at the school? Yes, we, we were, were. We were level one. Yeah, level we were level one, one grad students. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, doing our graduate degree in improv comedy and in,
3: yeah, and
0: in mixem ups and zip zap zops. You know, wow. <laughs> was the idea to be comedy professionals, or was it something you guys were doing as a lark? No, no. I think
3: we were both pretty serious about it. Yeah. independently, and then we met and we're like, oh, okay, yeah. let's we can do this together.
0: Truly was like
2: grad school for me. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll be I'll just do classes and do this I when I first moved was like oh maybe I'll be uh, a comedic actor because I had done sketch and improv in college and then I was like no I I miss it so
0: how do you guys figure out you're going to be comedy partners I'm always interested to figure out like what, what arranged is the marriage like? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a uh, slow burn Amy I'll Poehler put much. us together she no. said you two are you two are <laughs> together
2: that's no, not true no um, we uh, yeah we well we met in a level one mm-hmm. and then we were on an improv team together
3: mm-hmm. at the Magnet Theater
2: yes at the Magnet Theater um and i guess we started making videos
3: yeah i mean essentially what happened is we were both you know taking classes and doing improv and paul got put on like teams a lot more frequently than i did and so i was like hey you know i don't think that's fulfilling for you <laughs> and um let's go and make some videos. Cause at the time that, you know, people were starting to make videos, but it really was like the beginning of the bubble. Yeah. Um, and I had made some videos in college that were not actually even that comedic, to be honest. But um, I, I felt that it was, an, it was the right time, the right place to be, to be making videos. And so I, and also we were spending so much time together at that point that we'd start to just like, have ideas for stuff. We'd start making things. And then all of a sudden, you know, even if it was just like a thousand views, it made so much more sense to make one video for a thousand views than try to fill, you know, a hundred seat theater 10 times. So it just kind of made more sense on a numbers, you know, scale. And so we just started making more and more videos. It was able to get us some representation, which was so important to us at the time. (laughs) And um, yeah, we just kind of went from there.
0: And that is also where you guys met Alana, right? From Street. That's right. And Abby. And, yeah. Abby. and Abby as well. Yeah, we were in. Okay. I was in class with Abby separately from you. We were and both I also in class. was. Yeah. And
3: um, we
2: just... Abby and I actually auditioned for our first Herald team together. Oh God,
3: this story. <laughs> it is so funny
2: because Abby and I somehow reminisce about it. A lot, yeah, and, constantly and then and then Alana and Lucio be like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> like leave the room. It's
3: like it's like as if they were like anointed by God in this in this Harold audition well, they talk about. We, it's were, like, we were
2: you know unreal. budding comedians, and uh, we decided to get a drink before we it was like wow. mid- midday. Tell us about it the was drink. wild. <laughs> we had wine. It was fine. We went to a place on Twenty First Street, had a glass of wine, auditioned and then did a scene together, and both got a callback. It was it was a big day for
0: both of us. You know? That's a wild story. You guys are crazy. Yeah. It was wild. He's on
3: our team. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, did you and Alana have a similar meet, cute, and soar into the Harold stars?
3: Um, well, Abby and Alana and I never got on Herald team. So we, I mean, we're actually in the same boat. But you did have a
2: meet queue. Yeah. We did have
3: a meet queue where we met at a party and we were wearing the same outfits. But um, we, but Al- Alana and Abby and I actually, you know, we became friends. We actually worked at the same day job, which was kind of like a group on kind of place, which is what Deals is, Deals is based on, on Broad City. So, So we kind of had a little world outside of comedy, but they were making the web series at the time. And so we were kind of just like... You know, friends, but you know, collaborators at times. And we just, you know, it kind of just felt like we were two duos that were like running at the same pace, kind of in terms of being like hyper dedicated to it and really being passionate about it and wanting to just really figure out a way to be professional comedians. And so,
0: and being in love, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah.
3: sure. And uh, so, yeah, that's how we kind of all became friends.
0: How exactly did you end up working specifically on Broad City? Did did Abby and Alana ask? Were you guys always Mm -hmm. sort of plotting something together?
3: So when they first
2: came to L.A. to pitch the show, because they had done the web series and uh, Lucia had directed an episode or two.
1: Mm, um, I
2: think. And I was in an episode. And, you know, we were living in New York at the time that that was going on. We had moved to L.A. and then they came out to pitch the show. Um, and Alana actually crashed with us for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for maybe like a month or two. For like a month. She was our Dobby the House Elf, <laughs> uh, self-titled. Um, and uh, they sold the show. And, I, and Lucia directed the pilot. That was yes. kind of the first. Like, you know, the foray into our yeah. collaborating with them.
3: I directed the pilot. And then when it, when it got picked up to series, they asked us both to write on the show. Um And then we wrote Paul's character, Trey, not necessarily for Paul, but kind of, you know, he started like reading it at a table reads and it just kind of made sense. And then he ended up getting it, but it wasn't initially um, it wasn't developed for, for him. Um But then, yeah, so then we started working on the show and we've been there every season For the since? past tw- 25 years. 25 years. <laughs> Congratulations 25 years on years. Your,
0: your quarter Thank you. century. That's Thank great. You. Four um, seasons only. That takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were in school, were you studying to be a filmmaker? Was that I was your a, expectation?
3: Yeah, I was a film studies major. Okay. Um, so it was a history and criticism more so than production. So I didn't really have a ton of experience making stuff. But um, And at the time, I was like, oh, this is not really useful to me. But now that I actually am making movies, um, I do find myself sometimes... Thinking about uh, more pretentious things, Sure. <laughs> but it is still a comedy, so you kind of can't go overboard. But but I but I am very grateful for that. Like education was definitely helpful, and I I I dig it. And you know, sometimes when people are referencing things, and I can say yeah, I saw, I've seen it. That makes me feel good.
0: What's what, what's the most pretentious <laughs> name drop you have for Rough Night? Oh God, wow.
3: that's a great question. I guess I was I would at times reference Busby Berkeley musicals for that. Uh, section where the girls were doing their dancing. So I would sometimes refer to that.
0: That's a great one. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, and Paul, mm-hmm. you, you were always going to be an actor. and Was mm-hmm. the plan also to be a writer as well?
2: In high school and college, I did sketch and I did improv. So yeah, I, w- I was writing. I wish I had realized that earlier and in school just wrote screenplays and did that more seriously mm-hmm. um, because I always planned to do it. But
0: um, in school, I kind of had more fun.
2: Good for you. It was like I was like "Ah, I'll I'll get to it.
0: When you guys are writing, Hmm. tell me about that process. Being uh, you're you're together and you're Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So is that exciting? Is it easy to collaborate? Is it difficult?
2: Well, first of all, it's fully nude. So in that way, it's different than I think a lot of... It's the most honest way yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Truly Exposed. vulnerable. Exposed. Um, actually, sometimes it's in the complete darkness. We do we do often brainstorm yeah. in complete darkness.
3: Because that way you're not like looking at the other person's face or they're, you're not distracted <laughs> by like a eye rolling wow. or
0: also you're or not distracted stimulus, by really. phones. Yeah. The perils or, of having beautiful partners. You know, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: We did... We did a couple times when we had deadlines for certain things do that and it was really useful but yeah um, highly
3: recommend um word vomiting to each other in the dark it really actually helps
2: there's yeah because you're also forced do to come from that you're forced really. to visualize yeah.
3: things in a way that you don't you might not necessarily if you're looking mm-hmm. at like a plant that you're like oh i have to water that it's dying you know you don't mm-hmm. get e- easily distracted but we were,
2: we were at, asked to do a take on a on a uh, franchise and we had, like, two days to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we had to basically come up with a movie in two days. <laughs> Obviously, it would change if we got the job, but we were like, yikes, how the hell are we going to do this? Okay, let's just turn off the lights. Yeah, <laughs> we just sat in the dark in the for two, dark two days. For two and days. it worked, yeah. so that was good. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah.
3: But beyond that, our, our process is generally that we outline everything together. And so, and you know, sometimes we'll have some pieces of dialogue and sometimes we'll improvise as the characters to kind of bring that dialogue, you know, about. But um, then what we do is we each go off and write the exact same scene and then we switch I read his he reads mine we highlight our favorite parts of the other person's script and then one of us combines the scene but weirdly usually like you know one of us well first of all we usually have like the same jokes and then <laughs> yeah. uh, often, for better or worse yeah yeah for better or worse and yeah. then someone's like,
2: like great that must be a good joke if we both wrote or it or is it a hack joke because like, it's too obvious or yeah is it just in our vocabulary yeah, yeah.
3: And then, um, but, you know, that way, really, once you combine it, it really feels like you have a third draft and not a second draft.
0: So that's a really extremely collaborative process, yes. Yes. uncommonly so. Well, we used and, to write yeah.
3: more, like, li- linearly. We'd sit next to each other and, like, you know, argue over a line, and it just became... It was slow it was, and not helpful. And, yeah. And, and the thing that's fun is, because we get to surprise the other
2: person, I get to try and make Lucia laugh, and she gets to try and make me laugh. And so I'm writing for my favorite audience, my, you know, the smartest audience. And
3: mm-hmm. Wow, thanks. Yeah. And
2: in doing that, it, it does make you, I'm like, oh, well, sometimes I write things that are just for her, but oftentimes those are the best jokes. Things that I'm like, oh, this is just for her. This is just a surprise. This is a Easter egg for Lucia that will never see the light of day because it's only like a thing that we'll get. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, because of the specificity we we've, we've found mm-hmm. those things are really, they, people respond to that.
3: And it also forces you to just um, write the, draft quickly because you know that like the other person's writing it and you can't seem like a slacker so it's kind of like time chess you know like you have to just just like get it out and you can't like overthink it and it forces you to just be a little bit sharper i think
2: yeah i mean in a way it's like we get a third draft in our first because we've both written something Mm -hmm. but we get to like just vomit it out and we both
0: know it's like ah, the other person will pick up the slack yeah you're not as uh, precious precious about it is that true for Broad City and for the web series stuff and also how we for the write? movies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yes. on, That's how we on, write on everything. everything. How mm-hmm. we write our
3: episodes are Broad mm-hmm. City. Yeah. That's how we write everything. And it's faster than just sitting next to each other. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying to tell people to do this. And no, not I believe not one person <laughs> has adapted we, our process. Yeah.
2: We are always asking other uh, comedy duos or partners what they do. And no one's ever done this. And then we're like, well, we have a good way. People are like, that sounds... Like it's too much work. Yeah, no one has ever said this to
0: me before. Yeah. You guys seem like aliens. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, how? What is the difference then between writing for Broad City and and writing a feature? Page length. <laughs> um, a feature is about a hundred pages. Was more, it more? Was <laughs> it that? Was it truly similar though? Where I mean, the tone uh, obviously of the movie recalls Broad City in some ways. In some ways. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of our um,
2: our favorite episodes of Broad City have a lot of story. They have plot and. Um, So that is something that in a movie, you do want to have turns and you do want to have plot that you don't always need for television. And a lot of times today, television doesn't have it. I think in drama, it happens a lot more.
3: I think we often, in the movie, we did our best to really have things pay off and climax in a really big way in the third act, which was, I guess, I'd say just something we've never really spent a lot of time doing before, Mm -hmm. Um, making sure that all the stories kind of come together at the end, things that like kind of seem like one-liners that you weren't you know maybe it was a joke but you didn't really see what the point was now all of a sudden it really makes sense and so we really tried to make the story have that kind of snowball effect where by the end everything kind of fits together and holy shit wow what an amazing movie
2: yes you know <laughs> and I think the other thing we we've learned is that writing a movie the biggest difference is because you're watching it with a bunch of people you do need those big pants down moments because it's so much more fun to watch a comedy, especially with a group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at home watching TV, and I've said this before, but I don't really laugh out loud often. You know, I like smile to myself wistfully mm-hmm. and
3: hug yourself. touch the
2: screen. and Yeah, <laughs> I hug myself. But uh, when you're at a movie and other people are laughing, you just want to get in on it. And it's it's more like, it's just really like a f- its a theatrical
3: experience Yeah experience, I was going to say A be.
0: theatrical experience But yeah spiritual Well theater
3: can be spiritual Again back to
0: church UCB <laughs> it's, it's physical though too right You hear somebody responding And your body sort of yeah, responds nice. to that's it, Yeah that's the thing You should
2: say your thing Oh god Yeah I know I'm sorry I'm pimping you into this She was saying okay. It's the physical expression of pleasure Which is a lot like I, there's an awkward theme A certain kind of pornography yeah. 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 You know, has it's like-
3: more <laughs> external expressions of it, more so than drama, where drama, somebody could be stoked and sitting there the whole time, they're like, I liked that I had pleasure from that but you don't really see that pleasure but from yeah, comedies right. you actually you don't see to, somebody writhing about yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't in need a to way say, did
2: you like it you're like oh you la- I saw what you, you were doing no <laughs> somebody <laughs> liked right, it right. Yeah. yeah was that so good for you was saying, that good you know? for you yeah that was good okay
0: yeah. great but I <laughs> do know shots. what you mean about TV <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so you guys should see Rough Night if you want money shots I tell you what that's exactly right if you want to have
2: a laughter orgasm yeah come and see
0: Rough Night in the theater yeah I do understand what you mean though by TV which is when you're amused by something you just seem amused you're not you don't yes. have that physical reaction. Yes. But so when you guys are trying to write these pants down moments, mm-hmm. as you say, mm-hmm. uh, is that is it hard? Is it hard to do like a comedy set piece?
3: The construction of it is a little bit different. And I think yeah. that that's something that we knew that, you know, like you have to be able to have somebody who, you know, is a very uh, well read MBA having person has to have (laughs) the same response to a big physical joke as somebody who doesn't speak English very well or, or whatever. And so you want to be able to say like, well, what's the most universal thing? Mm. And oftentimes it is physical humor, but you don't want it just to be a movie of people falling down and hurting themselves. So it is like a a balance of being like, well, this, everybody does react to this. Everybody does enjoy this, but how do you make it, how do you craft it in a way that is important to the story
2: and the fun thing we've been able to do with testing the movie and showing it to you know 400, 500 seat theaters is see the things that everyone does respond to and sometimes it's actually really small things Mm -hmm. like Zoe Kravitz has a joke about Zillow (laughs) it's a good good joke Um, and it always does well and it's like we did not expect that joke to do so well Mm -hmm. we were like oh this is kind of like it's like a niche joke it's like are you looking for a house you might know what Zillow (laughs) is but everybody seems to respond to that well her timing and it's, it's performance so based. impeccable. Yes. Yes. It's about her performance.
3: Like, and of course, and then it's, it's also character based. Like her character is the kind of person who would have judgment over somebody else's Zillow Health. listing. And, and I think we've established, yeah. you established that enough so that like you already are like, oh, that's so Blair. You
2: know? <laughs> and the other, I think the other big thing is when we were writing it, um, even though initially we didn't know it was going to be a big studio movie, we did know that we might have room to do things that in TV it moves so quickly and the budget is such that you don't get to do a car crash or an explode. you know you don't get to do kind of the bigger stuff that you mm-hmm. can in movies mm-hmm. and so that was also kind of exciting for sure um, it did open up the sort of scope
3: scope of what we were able to
2: do yeah
0: was the the script just written on spec mm-hmm. to just to show people what you could do, essentially? Or did you hope that it would become something?
3: We were pretty committed to making it happen. We okay. weren't sure what the scale was. We were like, maybe we'll kickstart it. Maybe we'll make it a small indie thing. But that was kind of why parts of it, or a fair amount of it, is in-house. is because we figured that we could figure out a way to um, seduce somebody into letting us use their house. Even
2: if we did an iPhone, though, we were like, we are going to try and do this because... You know, we write for women a lot, and we were like, oh, this is a really funny thing for a group of funny women, and we know a lot of them Mm -hmm. to do. And so I think we really hoped that we would find a way. We didn't know it was going to be something that a a lot of people would be interested in making, so... Mm -hmm. Credit to really my lucky. producer.
0: He noticed, though, that he was like, a lot of this movie takes place in a house. I feel like yes. this is a screenwriting trick <laughs> to get this script sold because oh. studios yes. know. Yes. You know, it
2: wasn't to sell it. It was really so we could make it. Yes. So oh, manage, like, we could manage it if we mm-hmm. had to kickstart it mm-hmm. and do it in the summer with who,
0: just friends of ours, you know? Was there any so part of you that, that wanted to change it after it's sold to a studio? To we, come did a we did change it a little bit.
2: Yeah. Some yeah. of you were like, Okay. Make that car explode. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. We were like, "Let's, we can do it. We yeah. can do it. Um, actually, one thing that we, we cut that we never put back in, because it was very expensive still, was they're walking around Miami and they're having fun and they're taking selfies and mm-hmm. they're drunk. And we were going to have Jillian Bell's character get on a motorcycle and pretend to be on a motorcycle and get off and knock down a row of motorcycles <laughs> <laughs> and just like destroy all these Ducatis in yeah. Miami. And the studio was like, do you need to? And we're like, no, we don't need <laughs> to. We don't We don't need to. It's like no, a Pee Wee Herman homage. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: exactly. Okay, so... The script hits the blacklist and it's uh, people want to buy it. It's it was actually, already we sold purchased. it before, was a, okay. Yeah, yeah, we sold it before the blacklist. What is it like to be, um, in a bidding war, clamored after? Was that exciting, or is um, that just trumped up deadline.com stuff? Don't say that word. <laughs> um, no,
2: it was, it was a really fun night. It was crazy because we did not know it would happen that way, but mm-hmm. it was sort of like. We got a call that was like, here's all these offers, here's all these things, you need to decide now what you're gonna do. We and were it was, like, sold- what? We
3: was sent out on a Thursday, and we sold it Friday. Wow. And
2: they were essentially, a lot of places impose, this is. DL info, but a lot of places. So Im- definitely
3: say it on a public. Forum. So I'm going to say it. Um,
2: don't three, two, one. Don't release this. Three, two, one. Um, a lot of a lot of places impose a deadline. They're like you have one hour to decide. Mm-hmm. So it's, like it's kind impossible. of yeah, yeah, it was, it was very like mission impossible. We have your child. <laughs> we were about to go to dinner, <laughs> and we were drop. like, we were we literally had to. We weren't. We were like, we're really hungry. We have to eat, but we, we're doing all these phone calls anyway. Um,
0: three, two, one. Back. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much. Great save. <laughs> so it was exciting. It was. And it was successful. Mm-hmm. It was a cool, and so right away, cool. were you like, "This is the next thing we're going to do. We're going to dive yeah. right into this." Yeah, yeah. So, how does the cast come together? It's a, it's, it's genuinely amazing group of comedians and a, and a and man as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank here. you, thank yeah. you so much. He agrees. Um, I agree. I am a man. Um, <laughs> we are in love with our cast. Yes. They
2: are so great, so, so dope,
3: and and you know, we work on ah. a show that uh, exploits the natural chemistry between two real life best friends, and mm-hmm. so we. Got spoiled in that way that we like feel like oh well we can write for the for groups of friends and it feels authentic but we've had the crutch of writing for two women who really are best friends Mm so we were of course like oh my god we it's so important to us that the their friendship feels authentic and it feels real and you feel like these would really be friends and so we were you know of course nervous putting together the cast that like would these people really get along would they read real on screen but they really genuinely. Gelled and bonded so quickly in such an incredible way that it was just like, ugh, let's just turn on the camera, man. Like they made they made our job so much easier just because they genuinely just did like each other so much. And they had and, so much fun. Together. And it's yeah. So much fun. And so it was really like heaven sent if, <laughs> if you believe in heaven. <laughs>
0: That's for another podcast to determine. <laughs> um, did you do any, like, tricks to have them bond? Did you all get yeah, wasted make one sesh. night? Make <laughs> yeah, we great. did spin great. the great. bottle day one. Spin the bottle. Nice. That's um, effective. Yeah.
2: Went really well. Um, for you. <laughs> yeah, for me. Um,
3: um, no, actually what we did is we did, like, a l- us-only read um, at a hotel in New York, and it was so <laughs> blistering hot so out.
2: it was one of the hottest days of the year. It was, like, 100 degrees, yes. and the air conditioning in this... We were, like, on the top floor, and so the room had baked and the air conditioning went out and they so everyone was like drenched and so we were like this is a beautiful hotel room and it is disgusting <laughs> yeah. it stinks we are all taking
3: off was <laughs> so it was actually just like melting together like our the brains first time they all met and we were all together was like a sopping
2: we were like, oh, we can stay here as late as we want. We can have dinner. And we were like, not bye. Yeah, <laughs> we, we was like, we,
0: after the read, we were like, we'll hang out for 10 more minutes, but then we have to go. <laughs> That's sort yeah, of yeah. suitable for some of the tone and the panic and the distress it in the movie. It, it, really, yeah. it sets the stage. Set you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Was it scary once filming started, or I mean, did you guys feel ready? It being a big studio comedy, having a budget? was you it know, different significantly from broad city
3: it was not in in many ways it was not different from broad city or from time traveling bong or web series or anything we'd ever done in some ways like honestly when it came down to it we had about the same amount of time per scene mm-hmm. for pa- for page count as as anything which is was kind of shocking but i think it was because you know with five women that's a lot of coverage you don't want to just get singles you don't want to just do wides like you want to get a variation of coverage that so like especially because you're just in a house that it feels like it's dynamic no matter where you are and so like you know that kind of coverage really does take a lot of time so you know it was, it was quick and you know sometimes we had a little bit more time sometimes we had less we had you know it, it, but I, on the other side like the flip side Everybody in the cast was so good that if I really had only gotten one taken, I did get more than that. I, w- <laughs> I still would have been able to cut this movie. So mm-hmm. it really was like, after the first take, was like, okay, great, now let's have fun because mm-hmm. you guys nailed it.
0: There's um, there's movie stars in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that at all different for you guys to be working with a higher wattage person? I know it's different, <clears> but <throat> it, did it feel different?
2: Well, I think we're really spoiled that we get to work with such Talented comedians all the time on Broad City. Not only Abby and Alana, but also the guest stars we're able to have. Are, we, we've been very, very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And then we work with someone like Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. who's not only super funny. I mean, she is so funny and so good and improvises. Which I
3: feel like people get when they watch SNL. Like, SNL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like if, really if you've
2: funny. seen her, she's done it five times now. Yeah. You know, she's right. she, she can do it. it. Yeah. She gets the joke. She's funny. Um, but to be in the presence of somebody like that who can act dramatically like that and who is such an incredibly gifted actor was unbelievable. The
3: range is like mind-blowing.
2: And you get it. You're like, oh, uh, movie star. I understand (laughs) what... I get that. I get what a movie star is. Um, Jillian, we've had a comedy crush on for years. We've written other things with her in mind and to see her do those vulnerable moments, she is so she has so much heart and is so good she's mm-hmm. such a good actor they're,
3: honestly they're like they're all movie stars
2: they are that's the thing we have it's five true. movie stars mm-hmm. they're so also incredible.
3: you got Demi Moore Ty Burrell we got them all I mean you have Kate McKinnon I don't know and I not know,
0: like, <laughs> know if I was supposed to say Demi Moore but yeah. um, oh, her and Ty yeah, Burrell are uh, secret weapons in the movie are yes. they so yes. great secret really funny. weapons is
2: exactly and really down are. to clown it like it yeah. yeah
0: and everything that happens with those two and Zoe mm-hmm. is uh, among the funniest stuff in the movie. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for people, but there is some physical experiences that that's happen. That's exactly yes. right. Well um, said. I tell you what, everyone was really game.
3: It was truly collaborative.
0: Yeah. What about the chemistry between you two guys on set? Like fighting, you,
3: screaming, yelling, <laughs> clawing. I mean, do you, but do you do you have
0: a different way of communicating? Is there a lot of like just eye contact oh, that yes. clarifies yes. Oh, yes. what I need you we to do? We have
2: we have uh, a shorthand. that's like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we can do that. Was a
3: I, quick eye? What was it? Eye bulge. A, a I do an eye bulge. Millimeter. to be like stop. You know? Yes. Um, I
2: know or what that means. just it's a kind of like also like watch out. You know? There's yeah. a, that's like a yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's plenty of uh, shorthand we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I could
3: never tell you about. <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> just kidding. Maybe off mic. I mean, yeah, that's a thing. No, no, no. Yeah, off mic. Three, no. two, one. Um, when you guys are working together yeah. as writers mm-hmm. on set, is it e- is it much easier for you to kind of communicate specifically what you want? Do you do you get very in there with, say, an actor who's not always in comedies and say, like, it needs to be like this? Or do you let people run free? How does that work?
3: Um, well, I mean, they're usually so honed in on the character that they have. They, like, are making choices that are within the lane of what we need. So I, I haven't, at least in this movie, I didn't really need to steer anybody in a, in a vastly different direction that they, would, mm-hmm. they were already in. And every once in a while, you know, we would have very specific Um, interpretations of stuff but it was never like here's a line read you know it was Mm -hmm. like still like you know throw it away a little or whatever I'm comfortable
2: with one so Lucia when I'm acting can give me a line read yes I will give him as a writer slash producer on set I'm just there to pitch a joke or two I mean really Lucia is the one who is directing the movie so I have the easy job I just get to sit around and say what about this fart joke (laughs) (laughs) and she gets to say
0: "Mm, no Um, so (laughs) I'm there I'm there for support got it yeah Here's a very specific question. Ah, I love it. Why is Kate McKinnon's character Australian? Great question.
3: Kate uh, plays a character named Pippa, who is loosely based on our real friend Pippa, who's an Australian genius. I see. Pippa yes. Lord. An homage. Um, yes. We
2: wanted to have a friend from Study Abroad. We wanted mm-hmm. to like bring that element in. Kate's character is much different. She really helped develop the character, and it became kind of this almost... Stevie Nicks like Mm -hmm. free spirit which is not like our friend and then Kate we've known for a long time we knew we wanted to work with and we're basically like please be in the movie in any way and she was like well I really want to be the Australian character and we were like (laughs) half at it you know Um, because she does she does a few of those on SNL and they're very funny they're very different
3: yeah and we've also but she was also and so were we also like very mindful of not making her like a different it, it, she, like she was in a different movie. Like she's still, I believe you saw the movie, you tell the audience. <laughs> she's still like a grounded, fully For formed sure. person. And it's, and I think, to me, the most grounded I've ever really seen her. Mm-hmm. And um, she has some I serious mean, moments, too. the
2: comedy that we like to watch the most is the stuff that is super grounded and super real, um, especially in terms of character and point of view, but also has really big, pants down moments.
0: Um, There's yeah. even some... Uh, subtle, sometimes not so subtle, political humor mm-hmm. in the movie. Oh, Uh around Uh-oh. here we go. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. That, I assume that was always there. There, there's a there's a Hillary Clinton haircut in some ways mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you guys have some experience with with Hillary, and that like mm-hmm. I, was that I cut her hair once? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What just is, kidding. <laughs> can you tell me about that?
3: Sure. I mean, I think that's also just something that we naturally gravitate towards, and I mean Alana's character. Um, is very politically charged. And, um, you know, it's somewhat interesting that this movie was written in an Obama era and is released in a Trump era. Mm -hmm. uh, And that we didn't really have to adapt it too much. I think we were kind of already living ourselves and we were experiencing a climate that was already feeling pretty uh, divided. And so I think that is reflected in the movie.
2: And, you know, for those uh, people who haven't seen the movie, Scarlett Johansson's character plays a woman running for state senate. She was kind of a party girl in college, but she really wants to make a difference, so she's kind of cleaned
1: Cleaned up up her act,
2: and she's, um, you know, become a little bit more straight-laced as she tries to run for office and do the things that she thinks are the right things to do. But what was interesting was we had a lot more history about her campaign and about her desire to help the people of her community and why she wanted to do that, but kind of weirdly in November when we were editing the movie, it was like, oh we don't need a lot of exposition. We don't need to tell people why it's important for a woman to run for office or what it might mean to her. People got it. You know, yeah. what, what, regardless of who you voted for, you were like, yeah. I get it. There's a woman running for office and she cares a lot. It, people get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So in a, in a good way, we were able to cut out a lot of that. So thank goodness for Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, any regrets about uh, the opportunity to maybe reiterate that fact? Maybe I mean, now? we
2: wanted the movie to also exist beyond the the Trump um, era. So there were even a couple literal Trump references that we were like, we don't need to do Trump references because they do actually, in a way, date the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I don't I don't think we have regret. No, and
3: I think that the characters would exist now in the same way no matter what and hopefully in 10 or 20 years we still have those people who, I mean, care about their communities or whatever and I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's a fair amount of commentary on police brutality but it's not mm-hmm. anti-police, it's anti-police brutality which to me is very different and, mm-hmm. and that's also something that I think is... Pretty evergreen.
0: Yeah, so you know the movie is uh, about a bachelor and a bachelorette party, primarily a bachelorette yes. party. But mm-hmm. Paul, you're a member of a very amusing bachelor party Thank as well. You. Is this was a lot of this born of uh, experiences at these parties? <laughs> you know, mine was. We've never killed a person, Lucia and I. But um,
2: really, no, no. no. Yeah. Um, it has been a huge disappointment. <laughs> peaceful <this> people. <peaceful>. <laughs> uh, but I have a, a buddy, Greg, who is kind of a foodie, and was like, we can go to Vegas and spend 800 bucks on booze at a bar or you know go to a club or you guys can buy me a dinner at French Laundry <laughs> and so we did that and so I kind of had this bachelor party I mean obviously we blew it out and it's much more extreme and it's more absurd than what I experienced but it's loosely based on yeah. a friend of mine and what what
0: he had for his bachelor party yeah the wine tasting is that's a very resonant <laughs> uh I, I've I've been there for that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh but in fact did our, you like it it was fine. Okay, no. I, I, I didn't want to get need more the, crazy. I don't need the other extreme, okay, okay. but it was it was a little t- too mild. Okay. Well,
2: my the, my experience wasn't as mild. There was also no. you know other things. Involved. What else? Nothing else. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Three, two, one. Uh, oh, our editor also went to a wine-tasting bachelor party oh, during yes. the making of the movie. He's like, I'm doing this this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weirdly, it was in Mexico. Yes. He's like, I'm going to Mexico for a bachelor party. I was like, wow, it sounds wild. He's like, it's a wine-tasting. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Truth is He sent than us fiction. photos
3: of, of himself drinking some Lambrusco, which is a reference for the movie. So go see the movie, come back, unpause, <laughs> listen to the rest of the podcast. Boom,
0: all the jokes will work. <laughs> twice. Yeah. Yes, Listen yes. twice, see it twice. I tell you what, yeah. this is really grease in the runway. So one last thing. You're a female filmmaker. Everybody's always like, Have more female filmmakers on this show. Talk to more female filmmakers. Cool.
2: Hey. Finally. (laughs) You did it. I did it. I did
0: it. I mean, you did it, obviously. And so, but that being said, I suspect you're going to be asked these questions a lot. You know, a lot of people are going to be comparing this movie, I think, to a lot of male-centric movies of its kind. Um, You know, how do you respond to being like, it's like the hangover meets this thing, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean it certainly wasn't based on anything to us. It was just like this, we try to just be like, these are based on kind of people we know or experiences we've had. So to us, it's just like, we're not like, we're just doing the girl version. To us, it's like, this is this is born out of our experience in our lives. So, you know, if somebody's like, oh, it's a ripoff of this or that, it's like, it's it's really not. And I think that it's so easy to just say those things and not like see the movie and decide how you feel mm-hmm. about it. But not, there aren't a lot of r-rated comedies about women there aren't a lot of r-rated comedies made by women and so for me i'm just like excited that people get to see like hey here's a point of view of a woman of a hard hard r comedy that stars the people who she thinks are like some of the funniest people in the world male or female and so you know like that in and of itself like sad that that hasn't happened a lot great that it is happening now and i hope people go and see it and I don't know. Is that... I don't really... What was the question exactly? There wasn't really
0: a question. It was sort of ill-handled. No, it was not. No, it was not. No, I I think I'm I'm more interested in sort of like the burden that is placed upon somebody in your position, you know, where Mm -hmm. you're expected to sort of respond to... To sort of clarify the state of comedy for some reason. A similar thing that happened... Say when Bridesmaids came out, sure. and there was a lot of expectation around the stars mm-hmm. and the writer right. of those movies. Yeah. Um but you yeah. you you were more elegant than the question that I asked. So
3: Well, I'm wearing a bald ball gown. <laughs> so you know, I better <laughs> be uh, elegant.
2: But yeah, I think you're right. It it's uh it is weird how it is things are compared to the male version and it, you know whereas I don't think we would compare, you know. Two movies that star men to each other necessarily if they right. were comedies, yeah, it's course. like yeah, they're both comedies. You're yeah, ne-
3: you're never like, hey, Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler has a movie coming out. Yeah. How do you feel about that? <laughs> exactly, and that's <laughs> you
2: know? and that's partly because there aren't enough, and there aren't enough stories either about or mm-hmm. by women. Mm-hmm. And there's not there's even less both about and by women,
0: and even fewer comedies at that. rate.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And comedies really it is a male dominated area. Um, and I say that not as a woman. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's like it's a really interesting thing that. Yeah, I feel for, because to me, the women in this movie are some of the funniest people on the planet, male or female. I mean, there is nobody funnier than the women in our movie, to me. Um, And I love a lot of male comedians, and I try to be like them and hope (laughs) that I have careers like male comedians, or female comedians. But, um, But it's so crazy to me that women have a steeper mountain to climb, and that to find Kate McKinnon or Jillian Belfine is a harder thing for some people, male or female, because that's true of men. I'm not saying men don't think women are funny. Women often are like, ah, I'm not that into female cast, you know, yeah. and that's crazy to me because, I don't know, I, I can't not watch Ilana or Jillian or even Scarlet in this movie and not be like, God damn, they're so good. They're so funny.
0: Conversely, you have thrived in largely female casts. Mm. What is it is that a, just happenstance is that just easier for you somehow? I think it
2: is happenstance. I mean, this movie we wrote because we because I find women funny and and we wrote because it was based on both friendships that Lucia and I have from our past where we're cuz in in essence the movie is about especially when you put your career first and you you work a lot and you work hard, we often find ourselves feeling guilty and being like, "Ugh, you know, I didn't make that thing because I was shooting late and I didn't want to go the next day." And it's like that sucks, you know. And so in the end the movie really is about People from your past who aren't necessarily around you every day, and making sure that you take time to appreciate or, or prioritize your friends. But um,
3: I don't know why it's. Happened. I think you just genuinely enjoy collaborating with women. I do, and man, men, but like. I mean,
2: my writing partner is a woman, so that was mm-hmm. that's one reason. And
3: your other two writing partners uh, usually are women. <laughs> are women. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, Broad City is Broad City, and then with this movie, I think it's because we were like, oh, it's it's more fun for me to write for
0: the women in our movie you know what are you guys going to do next that's going to lead to you ignoring your friends
2: <laughs> um great question
3: we that's are so working sad. on <laughs> we're working ignoring on some our stuff. friends is yeah sad, no yeah. we're working on like another movie that we're, again we're writing on spec just because i think we feel very mm-hmm. comfortable keeping stuff as close to us ourselves as possible mm-hmm. until we are needing money to make it i think we're also not necessarily like beholden to one platform i think we're like hey let's make another web series or a tv show or a small you know a small tv show or a network thing like i think it's based on like whatever like naturally is exciting to us it's like let's just figure out the best way to, to release this so i don't know i mean you know Paul's going to be yeah. in a superhero movie. We don't know which one yes, yet. Yes, very excited about it.
2: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. On very excited. the
0: non-information.
2: I mean, I feel like people on Twitter are demanding it. So, <laughs> you know, not necessarily Paul Downs, but Trey from Broad City should play. I do hear a lot. So um, we got to
3: figure that out. So if you're yeah. out there writing one, casting one.
2: Um, I'm, I'm tech avail. And uh, <laughs> we're working on stuff with some of the women in our movie. Yes. Um, as well. Mm-hmm. And... Um, if it was if it was more further down the road, we would let you know. But I feel like it's pretty mature. That's okay.
0: That, that, this was more than enough. Okay. And the fourth season of Broad City did comes you work out on in August. Yeah. August nineteenth, I think. How yeah. exciting! We're Very exciting. exciting. Yeah. Lucia, Paul, thank you for coming. Thanks, thanks for having yeah. us. Thanks, guys. <laughs>